Hello, welcome back to the Mr. Arsenal podcast for the match reaction to the Arsenal 3, Liverpool 2. We are top of the league. This is brilliant. I cannot believe it. We, we are nine games in, eight wins and one defeat. <laughs> this is brilliant. Can we just fast forward to the season and we'll get the trophy? <laughs> if only, if only. Oh, if only, yeah. As you can see, I'm joined by Andrew and newbie to the channel, making his debut on the channel. Greg, how you doing, guys? Very well, thank, thank you, you, mate. Good. Nice to meet you, Greg. Nice to meet yourself. Uh, yeah, we'll just get into it. Got, obviously, Russ is in the chat. Very unhappy Liverpool fans in the chat. <laughs> Says it's not a pen. But yeah, we'll start with Greg because he's on his debut and I want to get his thoughts on the game yesterday. And because he, we were, fair, we were chatting just before and a couple of hours before, and then he called it in terms of. Saka getting a brace. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on not just yesterday's game, but the season how it's going so far? We've just we've just seen unfazed by anything that's thrown at us. We're not. Again, yeah. I, I, I was saying last night. What was it? Twice we got pegged back, pegged back yesterday by Liverpool, and years gone by. Even doing that once, our heads would have been down, licking our wounds, we're inside, feeling sorry for ourselves, and not. We're not having that this season. It's literally okay. No, we've we've made the mistake, or we've let them back in, whatever. Now we're going to punish them for that, and we go again. We rebuild. We go again. We don't. We fight until the very last second of the game, no matter what. Most definitely, um, I think we're a different beast this season. I think what Arteta has done, as much as on the physical side, I think mentally we're just in a different place than what we have been for many seasons. As you say, there was a time not too long ago, that a game at home against Liverpool, you'd be saying, I'll take a draw. But that, that, that's not the attitude from the fans or the players this season. So the, the work that Arteta has done, the character that the players are showing, it is it's just brilliant to see. Absolutely. Yeah, Andrew, you want to add, add, add on to that? And what, again, your thoughts on the game yesterday as well? Well, I mean, where'd you start on the game yesterday? <laughs> That's, I mean, <laughs> right from the first minute, mate. But um, yeah, I mean, we, we don't win that game last season. Um, right. There's no way we win that game last season. We, As soon as they peg us back, I mean, even if we've got it to 2-1 ahead, when they peg us back to 2-2 again, we just don't go on and win that game. We, I, would, I would almost be certain that we'd go on and lose that game 3-3 three, three or... Or four two, but we're a different beast this season. It's unbelievable. We just don't. We have a never say die attitude. I mean, in the um, Aaron Ramsdale interview he had after the, the North London derby, he gave a lot of that away. He said it's just a fire inside, didn't he? And um, if people, if the other team score, we don't care. Not in that respect, like as if you know we want teams to score. It doesn't matter, but we don't care. It doesn't affect us anymore. Um, we'll go ahead and, and carry on playing our football, and we know that we're going to get more chances. I mean, we, I mean, the, the stats after the game were just, you know, regards to the shots on target and the the touches in the opposition penalty box. I mean, we had forty six, and it's the second highest that any team has ever had against Liverpool since records began. And mm. who was the other team? Hmm, can you guess? I wonder. It's really not a really tough one. Man City. We're yeah. the only other team that ever had more touches inside the Liverpool penalty box than we did yesterday. 
it was phenomenal. And um, just the attitude changed inside the whole club, which has fed back to us fans, obviously, mm. as well. And everyone surrounding the club is just phenomenal uh, in the last couple of years. It's just um, such a turnaround. It's, it's brilliant. So, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, we will talk in more depth about the game, I'm sure, as the, as the show progresses. Mm. But from the minute one, we were on it, weren't we? I mean, there's a lot been said since yesterday on other podcasts and, and so on that we didn't have the best first half because we sort of lost slightly lost control of it a bit, you know, from about the 20th minute onwards. Mm. But, you know, we're playing one of the best teams in Europe. And... Um, we weren't going to dominate the game from start to finish. I don't know what people were expecting. I wasn't expecting that in the slightest. I, you know, I thought we had a bit more possession and control of the game than you know I was expecting. Um, but we control. We, you know, we they throughout that sort of first half period where they were dominating a bit. They didn't create too much. They didn't have many shots on target. You know, they weren't ripping us to shreds or anything like that. We. Could, we were still we were sitting back as as teams naturally do when other teams start to come uh, onto us. But they let's not let's not get this twisted. They had to win that game yesterday. They were desperate to win it. They've brought yeah. their A game. They put out a very very strong side. Four you know major attacking forces on their on the pitch for them, and we still had more shots than them, more shots on target than them. You know when does that happen really against the Liverpool side? So for all their faults they've had this season, don't forget the season they had last season where they had where they played every single possible game that they could in every competition. They're a bloody good side still. Yes, they're in a bit of a uh, tricky patch at the moment, but it's still a quality, quality side with good quality players on the pitch. Mm. And they were checking out. I mean, midway through the second half, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, the manager basically threw the towel in by taking Salah off. Um, I can't remember who the other player who took off was. Maybe oh, Jota. Or um, Jota went off, didn't Jota, he? Yeah, Jota yeah. Time, and yeah. they brought and they brought on Canate and uh, Fabinho. You know, yeah. just to try and shore up shot uh, to all because we were dominating the game so much in the second half. It was mm. honestly, I'll I'll leave it there because I could just carry on obviously throughout for ages about the whole game yesterday. But give it, <laughs> give Greg a chance. But um, yeah, it, it was just just <laughs> phenomenal, just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, up to the sort of line, I was going 3 0, 3 0 all the way. Arsenal win 3 0. And then I sort of line, I thought, okay, they'll score. They will score. It'd be 3 1, but they'll score. And we barely got, anyone, if you're watching it at home or at the stadium, you're barely getting in your seats, respectively, and the ball's in the net. And you're thinking, <laughs> what the hell is it's going on? It's almost surreal, isn't it? It's almost it's, surreal. It's, I honestly, I was so gutted. I miss, sorry to cut. I missed the actual live goal when I turned the game on because I was come rushing back, absolutely rushing back from my son's football match, and we just walked in through the door, just around, literally bang on half four. By the time I got the telly on and everything like that, they were celebrating the goal. I mean, obviously, I went ballistic, <laughs> but I missed until they showed the replays. I, I think missed the goal, but yeah, I mean, unbelievable. But look, I mean, obviously the first, we stopped with the first goal. The way we just, it was a first attack as well. Obviously, we've got the, we get the ball, Saliba eventually gets the ball under his control, passes it out, goes, gets eventually to Saka, he runs down the wing, passes it to and The way he just spots the run of Martinelli before anyone else and just throws that ball through the defence. And the defence has 
because of the defence of what they are, what they've been this season, they just stood there. They've obviously, in their positions, kept Martinelli onside in the split second he needed to be onside. But it was, it was sort of surreal to think we, it, was, it, it was made that easy to get through so so quickly. And then obviously the second goal we'll get onto a bit later. It's pretty, it's pretty much similar. We sort of, again, just exposed them for the, the aging squad that they are becoming as well. We've got to add that to the equation. This is an aging squad with the third, is it the third on average, uh, oldest squad in the league. And we were the uh, second. We're the second youngest on average, going by Sky stats yesterday. Um, it came up on the screen when I was watching the game, and um, but it's just it was just as you say it was just surreal to be on them so quickly. And there was that fear, and there's obviously I did a watch one. There's a fear in the chat that we scored too early. That going to upset them. They're going to come at us. And like you say, we did lose control the first half at one for, for a big chunk of that half. It was like. For me, I was saying it in the stream as well. It was like we were play. It's like the players were showing Liverpool the respect of the Liverpool from last season, the swashbuckling Liverpool that went, as you say, every game possible they could play, they played, and forgetting that this is and for for that brief twenty-minute period, they forgot this is a Liverpool on their knees at the moment, and the second they realised that, we punished them again. And we've got that ruthlessness about us. We've got the end product now. Something we lacked last year, with all due respect to Lacazette and Bamyang. I keep saying it, Zayzou's been in, the, in that attacking three now. This has not just helped us out in terms of having a, strike, a striker that can help us out in scoring goals and creating goals, but it's helping out the likes of Martinelli play. He's going to his best abilities at the moment. Obviously, even get even better. Saki on the other side, you've got Odegaard, who's got someone he can pick out as well. And even from a, from a depth, from it's like sleeping and ping a ball all the way. So we've got options now, and it's 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 refreshing to see. And I'm loving what we're I'm loving what I'm seeing. I cannot, I'm losing. I'm not used to having these sort of positive chats this far into the season. <laughs> but I'm loving it. <laughs> and um, as you say, I think it got to a point where at two two in the second half, it, I was confused. I was like, why is he why is he doing it? Why is he tapping out when he's got Got a chance. It's two, it's two two. It's got. It could have gone any. It, it could have gone either way. If he really wanted to wanted to go for. It. But it's like because of the situation. It felt like because of the situation they're in as a whole this season. That he's just like we've got we've got, we've got at least a point here. Just try and protect it and get out of a point. Mm. Maybe I'm thinking before kickoff. Maybe he thought like like everyone else in the, in the media outside of Arsenal. This is this is this the uh, this start that we've had was going to come to a grinding halt yesterday because Liverpool come and Liverpool show up and do what they usually do in the last few years. Is this the beginning of the end for Liverpool in terms of this current squad? Because again, we again we spoke about it in the group chats as well. They're, they're not a young. They're not. This ain't a young squad. I've mentioned it before. The third oldest squad in the league on average. They've got hen. They've got lots of. The midfield pivot partnership yesterday of uh, Henderson and Thiago, both 30 plus. Um, Alison Becker's hitting, he's, was it, he's, he's 30 plus. Van Dyke, Matip, um, Robinson, who's, who was out yesterday, he's, he's hitting his 30s. So the, the, most of their squad are put, pushing at the end of their time, their career wise, the peak of their powers. And we're just starting. And I think yesterday's result and performance from Arsenal and the players in general. 
show that there's a shift in power in terms of, as I say in the title, young guns, the young guns gunned down the old guard. Yeah. Was you go I think, uh, I was, yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I think as, as much as that, the age definitely plays a factor. Their big players just have not turned up this season. I think mm. Salah in particular, a guy that, yeah, a match winner, you know, moment of magic, you know, can change everything for Liverpool. Just, just, just hasn't been on it. And I think yesterday sort of epitomised that with him being hooked as early as he was. At, you know, I, I think he got taken off at two-two, unless I'm mistaken. You know, yeah, Liverpool, Liverpool of old, but like you, you mentioned, Andy would have gone on and won that game. You know, getting back to two all, Arsenal would have crumbled. Mm. And I, I just think it's quite telling that either Klopp doesn't have the faith in the players that he once did. Um, I don't know how big a miss Mane is. I know obviously that's you know a hot topic. And I think they're definitely lacking uh, the quality that Mane brought. I thought Diaz looked good. Um, not that you ever like to see a, a player get injured, but you know he, he was having some success. So when he went off, you know that that was quite notable. Not that Ben White wasn't doing a good job, but that was a good battle. Um, but something's just not clicking with Liverpool this season at all. Um, a lot of their experienced go-to players just are not performing. And I mean, already at this stage, with them being, you know, as many points as they are behind us, let alone you know where they're going to be, like with the likes of City, etc. You do worry whether or not. They're going to be like a top four contender this season because you know something needs to start happening for Liverpool and soon, um, especially with the World Cup coming up. Um, you know something's got to happen for them because they're going to be out of it um, like before Christmas at this rate. Yeah, and my heart bleeds. <laughs> <laughs> my sentiments exactly. <laughs> I have not. After no, I mean, what I heard after the well, well, after what I heard about the. the Travelling fans yesterday after the match, no sympathy. Nope. No. 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 I just um, think that every team has a cycle, doesn't it? And this is coming mm. to their end. And we're well, we mentioned that last. We've year. been saying for the last couple of years that we need to be ready for this. We need to be ready mm. for when this city cycle comes to an end, or the which is very, very, very unlikely, or the Liverpool cycle comes to an end. <laughs> The only way that the city cycle will come to an end is obviously when eventually Pep moves on and maybe a new manager comes in and can't quite get a grasp of all the, the egos he's got there in the dressing room or something like that. Can't quite get it to jail and then they have to find someone else and someone else. Um, but we knew that the Liverpool cycle was coming to an end at some point and we had to be ready and it looks like we're ready. And that's the most exciting thing. I think the way things are going right now, um, you can't argue with the fact that we could be the ones that are, have already taken <laughs> over Liverpool in the race to sort of try and keep up with Man City because that's what all it is now. Let's face it, um, mm. with regards to title race, I mean Liverpool have been turned done incredible things the last four seasons or, or more, getting over ninety points and but they've only mm. to, only won the title once. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. So, but we, it looks like we are the team that we're ready. And timed it perfectly to take over their mantle now, but mm. um, yeah, I mean, Greg, I've said it before. So, but with regards to Salah, I think that the biggest mistake they've made is giving him so much money. I think he's just he's got what he wants now. He doesn't have to play for a new contract anymore. He's settled. He's he's set for life. Obviously, four hundred grand a week. 
You know, he hasn't got to try anymore. And I'm not saying that he's not professional enough not to try. But when you've got a burning hunger inside you to prove <laughs> to the world that you, you are still there, you still warrant this new contract, you're a different player. <laughs> it's just no, that it's, I fully agree. Yeah, and now he's got it. He's there in there. They're stuck with him. I mean, he's he's 30 plus, um, or just a 29, 30, something like that. And they're stuck with him now for however many, I think it's five year contract they gave him, wasn't it? They gave a big contract as well for the, for his age. 400 yeah. grand a week, reportedly, yeah. I think that's what I've read. And uh, yeah, plus bonuses. they've got an Ozil slash Abamyang situation on their hands now. Uh, no one's going to take him off their hands. Hmm. So let me get that violin out one second. Yeah, exactly. We've been there. We've been there. But to to, to actually rebuild that Liverpool squad is, is going to be a massive, massive undertaking. They have got some good young, young players coming through. And I don't want to... We've been talking for the last five, ten minutes just about Liverpool, not ourselves, but I uh, don't want to carry on too Ooh. much longer. But they've got some good young players coming through. Are they going to be of the requisite quality that they're going to be replacing? It's up for debate yet. Yeah, it's not... You know, it could be. Um, but it's a massive job they've got on their hands, and whether that's going to be uh, Jurgen Klopp that's going to be given the time and the money to do that, we'll have to wait and see. But in the meantime, we can make hay while the sun shines. As Arsenal, I mean, you know, we are the second best team in the in the country at the moment, and we're fourteen points ahead of this great Liverpool side. So, mm. you know, it's looking looking pretty damn good at the moment. And if, if things go our way on this Sunday coming, we beat Leeds and they lose to City, we'll add, add, add another three on top of that. Yeah. I think you even count Liverpool out at that point, don't you? If, if that yeah. does happen this weekend. I think even yeah. if we were yeah. to go on a on a bit of a run, I don't think we're dropping, especially the way Liverpool are playing. You just don't see where their next win is going to come from at the moment. Well, no, what's it exactly. was playing last night as well for at 14-point gap already. Arsenal would have to lose six games and they would go on a six-game losing streak or at some point lose six games throughout the season and still drop enough points for Liverpool to gain on us. He doesn't see that them, them being able to do that already. No. And if you, again, as I just got the conversation yesterday before we ended the stream, it was, if you said to us before back in pre-season that you you come full-time against Liverpool, you'll be 14 points ahead of them and top of the league by a point or two, whatever it is, you would have sent yourself to the loony bin. Whoever told it, you would have sent to the loony bin because you wouldn't have believed it because of how used to seeing Liverpool and what Klopp's made Liverpool in the last few years. You would never expect them to fall off like this. Yeah. And But at the same time, we've got to go back to Arsenal. We've got to talk about Arsenal now in terms of... That's, this is a... Quick, what, what Arteta has done, what Edu um, as well, and the, the people in general at the club, everyone, everyone that's backed and worked with Arteta since he's walked through the door, even in that troublesome period that we've had, getting to this day, you've got to say hats up, applause to everyone, a massive applause and hats off to everyone that backed him behind the scenes and got behind him, and that and that includes Josh Cronkey because we've seen in the documentary he does. He does reach out. He is concerned for his for people and their health and mental health and all that. And they're going through, and he was going through that tough period as well. But he got behind. His, he got behind the guy he hired. He didn't just panic and press the. And it's we're bearing we're we're bearing the fruits of that joy now in terms of we've now as Andrew said we've built the team now we. 
and the timing is just right where one of the top two has fallen off. Obviously, Man City would be Man City's Man City at the moment with fucking Novoba up up front. But um, we've timed it just right to get ourselves into conversation, not just for the Champions League spot now. To be possibly the only team that pushes City now makes makes them work for their title, not just walk away with it. And what better person to do it than the the, the uh, Pep Guardiola's former apprentice, basically? What? I fancy our chances to? against him, genuinely. No need to fear anyone, is there? No, and the thing is, I know we've got to play Man City twice this season at some point, probably late and more likely later on in the second half of the season in 2023, home and away because of our home game was postponed recently. But I fancy, I fancy us to get something, get three points at home and get something at the end. I fancy, I have that, and this is the thing that I like now that I go into games, no matter who we play, be it Liverpool or City. And I and I I I can get beyond my team, in the sense of I believe my team can get out, go there, go to respect their their respective place uh, grounds, and get something, and make and make the opposition work. And that's gonna, not something that as an Arsenal work, fan yeah. we've been able to say for the longest time, is it? No, and don't yeah. forget last season when we all know that we should have won that game against them at home on New Year's Day. We are a much stronger side now. Look at the forward line we we've got now. I mean, we didn't have a, a registered. We didn't properly have a forward during during that period, did we? We've got the thing is we've also we've got a spine there. We've got a complete spine going through from goalkeeper all the way through. Now we'd always have a spine, but it was never solid enough. Basically, in the last few years, it never no, and rickets in it. And we've got players that can come in as well that you're not cringing at or having to play no. out of position because they're coming in and they're they're as good as the players that they're replacing. And I think that the, the squad depth this season is phenomenal. How Arteta has managed to keep the players that he wanted to, keep them happy mm. as well. Because obviously there's players not playing at the moment, but there's no mm. sense that they're not enjoying playing for the football club. You know, we're we're finally acting like a big club. We're not having to rely on, you know, fringe players to come in and play in these big games. Mm. And yesterday, when Tierney comes on, you know, I, you know, I, I, I rate Tierney as, as good as any left-back in the league. You know, to be able mm. to bring him off the bench, you know, for Arsenal in the last, what, decade? We, we've not had that quality on the bench. No. So, yeah, no. as you say, I, I don't fear anyone at this stage whatsoever. Mm. I mean, talk, let's talk talk about that just for a second. So, if it's all right, Ryan. I mean, when yeah, the first um, squad came out, you know, before kickoff. I mean, what was everyone's reaction about you know Tommy Asu starting a left back? I mean, I have to admit, I wasn't I wasn't worried, but I was a bit shocked. I mean, I think in Tini's been fantastic the last few games. Mm. I think he's really back to his best, and I think his best is getting better since he's been learning this new role? Because, I mean, he's been yeah. tasked with doing this Zinchenko role at left-back. And I said to Ryan, I think it was last week, maybe the week before, you know, he as each game's been progressing, he's been looking better and better in that position. So when um, the squad list came out, yeah, I mean, I was quiet for about three or four seconds. Because it, it really took me surprise, surprise. But, I mean, what a masterstroke it turned out to be in hindsight with Tommy Asu. I mean, 
Tomiyasu, I can genuinely say, I don't think he literally put a foot wrong in the whole game. No. I mean, he was faultless, absolutely faultless and sublime. I think, I think apart from Santi Cazorla, can you think of any other player that Arsenal have ever had that's better, more two-footed than he has? He is. I phenomenal, can't. isn't he? Phenomenal. In the image era, not really. Let's be honest. Honestly, I think he's just brilliant. I mean, that performance... I mean, I'm not going to do the old pocket joke about, you know, all that sort of stuff that's been done to death. <laughs> but, I mean, no one got any change out of him, did they? I mean, Salah yeah. literally hooked at heart, you know, an hour into the game. Their best player hooked because he was just so frustrated. Just brilliant, honestly. Mm. I mean, yeah. I mean, what, were you, what were you guys thinking about, about it when you saw that he was starting at left-back? Um, I think every man <laughs> and his dog would have put money on the fact that uh, KT would have started at left back. I think it was the the obvious yeah. decision to make, especially as you say, the way that he's been playing recently. You almost sort of he deserved that start, and I think even if Jen- Zinchenko was Ooh. fit, I think he would have pushed Zinchenko. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, you see Tommy Asu, and you see the you know you go straight onto Twitter um, just to get the feedback, and there was a lot of people doubting the selection, um, questioning the the decision, um, mm. but you know he's he's coming and. Now, bear in mind, you know, he's not had a, a, a run of games this year either. Um, no. I, was up, I was up at the Emirates on Thursday and, you know, mm. we won and, and he looked decent, but he was very critical of his own performance. And I, I like that from players. Um, yeah. So it's not like he's had a, a run of four or five games to find his mojo. He's just come in and, you know, let's not lose sight of the fact, you know, I know that we touch on the fact that Salah's not performing like he was and Liverpool aren't, but on their day, they're as good as anyone. Mm, so, yeah. you know, he had a, he had a big responsibility and as you say you know just, just fantastic just and he was playing out of position you know that that's the other point you know he's, he's two-footed but at, mm. by trade he's a center half or a right back yeah so, you know again that, that you know that that goes back to the, the the squad that we've got players that can play in a variety of positions you're not worried when these players come in now you're, you're confident that they can do as good a job as the guy that they're replacing Exactly. I mean, technically, yeah. we had four four centre backs on in defence, didn't we, yesterday? And you'd never have known that. I mean, because no. the way they play, so dynamic. I mean, don't get me started on on um, Ben White. I mean, how good was he as well? I mean, my word. Oh, Honestly, I, I mean, if ben let's White, not get onto the Gareth Southgate debate either I, again. He's not in that England squad for the World Cup, playing for the top team in the country as it stands. In form, out of playing in form, out of position as well, not even his natural position. Then we all know South got screwed us, but bloody hell, that'd be. I mean, suicide. Because well, you get into the situation now where you can't say he's playing out of position because he's one of the best right backs in you the know, league. But you know what I'm saying? Say, yeah, he's, yeah. He prefers he, he prefers to be in the centre back role. Whereas, well, yeah, obviously, even but... last season he was playing obviously obviously didn't have the choice in terms of every now and then he played every now and then he played a fullback, but. It's now where it's from match day one. He's not complained either. He's never complained. He's got on of his job. And look at the plays he's gone up against from day one. Zaha, obviously, um, what was it, Diaz yesterday. Uh, what was it? Uh, last week, he went up against, he was doing something. Like, you know, Son's not in the best of form over the course of the season. Son, um, not Ronaldo, because Ronaldo's been benched from day two, basically. But he's gone up against top quality players on that left wing coming at him, he's he's nine times out of ten pocketed him. 
all due respect to them, and he's put a he puts a shift in. He actually puts it again, as I say, on the pitch and off the pitch. Even you don't hear a murmur of him complaining. And this is what we he's said just about dynamic as well. We he's, he's back in the, sorry, the back in the last brilliant. season we said this. Sorry, the back in the last season we said um, about El Nenny. Obviously, mm. a year prior to that, he'd been told surplus of requirements, going to find a new club. He fought. He fought his way. And no, 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 I'm not comparing this, this. At this point, I'm not comparing Ben White and El Nenny at this point. But what I'm going to go on to say is comparing in terms of he fought, got himself back into the squad, and he never complained. He, he was he was happy to be a squad player. He came out and said famously he wants to sign a new deal. He would take a pay cut to play for Arsenal, El Nenny. And obviously he got the contract mm. and he's he's got on with it. I know he's injured at the moment. And then Rob Holding's another one, another one, sorry. Good defender. Good he proved dividends for us last season when we called upon last year. But he gets on with it. He gets he doesn't complain about being oh. a squad player, he gets on with it. Did you see him in the second half, right, warming up on the side of the pitch? Yeah. <laughs> Literally giving everyone encouragement, raving his arms around and punching the air. He was brilliant. Yeah. But when was the last time we saw that as well from the, yeah. from the substitutes? I think it was absolutely brilliant. What, what the hell? Uh, just, that's, that's me other phone. Apologies, gents. Um, I don't know if you saw it as well, slightly off, but just talking about celebrations, the Zinchenko, when he celebrated the... Uh, I've seen the yeah. video, yeah. It's a Absolutely fantastic. Again, I just think it just adds to the, the feel-good factor around Arsenal at the moment. It's brilliant to see. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, really, yeah, really good. Yeah. Uh, Russ is in the chat. He's saying, five league matches left before the World Cup break. How good would it be to be top during that period? That'd be, that'd be fantastic. Just to piss off the media and Liverpool fans and Man City fans and everyone else. And the Tottenham fans, obviously. <laughs> just pissed everyone World off. Cup. Just to piss everyone off to be top and not going to the World Cup. It's the biggest inconvenience ever. I mean, it's just like <laughs> the worst international break of all time, isn't it? Of every season um, it could have happened, it's when Arsenal are flying high. Oh, yeah, yeah it, exactly. It would, happen when we're, it would happen, yeah, as you said, when we're flying high and top of the league and pissing everyone else off. We have to, we have to suffer for a month and wait until, and wait until Boxing Day. Yay. Oh, it's just going to be so depressing. Yeah, he's especially with Gareth Southgate managing our team as well. For God's sake, God. <laughs> I'd rather oh, pull all my uh, fingernails out with some tweezers <laughs> like in what Gareth Southgate's England team. It's more enjoyable. Oh, I'll pre record some games, we do some watch songs, and pre recorded games that never had, that happened like 10 years ago <laughs> instead of watching the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh dear, but no, but it, it would be fantastic to be top of the league going into going into that World Cup high hiatus, as they say. Um, big, we're gonna, we're gonna touch on it now because it was mentioned by the, our resident Liverpool fan before. I don't know if he's in the chat still, but first off, there's an incident. I don't think it was a penalty myself. I don't know if you guys will agree with me, but Gabriel, the Gabriel handball. Do you think it was a pen? I don't think it was. The reason I don't think it was, though, was because Gabriel was literally next to the attacker. His arm is his arms are close up, attached to his body. It's like that. He's got no time for the ball thing. Wait, hang on a second. His arms were attached to his body, were they? 
as in they're not like they're not, they're not like that. Going to they're not doing it to Foco in the Champions League final. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's literally on top of the defender, and he's got no time from the ball being booted in his direction where his hand is to move his hand out the way. So if, and it hits his chest anyway. It hits his chest anyway and rolls off his arm, hand, whatever you fucking call it. But for me, it wasn't a pen because of the main reason it was pelted so close to him. If, it was, if he'd been two, three players away from like, body like, body things away from uh, Diaz, was it Diaz that put the ball in? Either way, uh, then I, you know what, it? it hit his hand like that. But you know what, he's had time to put, get it away. He didn't, it's a pen. And the fact that he's so close... He's got no time to move his hand out of the way from where it was. For me, it's not a pen. But what do you guys think? You go first, Greg. Um, I personally think we got away with one there only because similar incidents have happened and penalties have been given. Um, if it had happened at the other end, I'd be screaming penalty. So but my, my concern with that particular incident is and I know what you're saying about his arms being connected to his body. I don't know why a defender needs to have his arms above his waist in that situation. I think the moment you put your arm above your waist and the ball hits it, you're giving the referee something to think about. I think if he gets the ball booted at him from a yard away and his arms are down by his side, then I think the argument is, well, where else are they supposed to be? But whilst they're up here, which they were, um, I think... We, we got away with one. I have seen the video today, at the time I didn't, um, where the ball obviously strikes his chest. Now, I don't know what effect that has. Is it similar to sort of like the LBW in cricket? If it's sort of pad before bat, does that play a factor or does that not it make does. a difference? But yeah, it, it does make a bit of a difference, yeah. yeah. If that's the case, it's not a penalty. I, I, I just think if the ball hits his hand directly in that instance... I think it's a penalty only because I'd expect one up the other end. Not that I think it's a, a fair rule, but I think if you leave your hand up here and you're not a goalkeeper, then you're asking for trouble. Yeah, I, I similar. I, I thought that if, in my own head, it shouldn't be a penalty because of the closeness of the situation and the way it hit his arm. And he didn't move his arm to the ball. His arm, no. yes, was up but the ball hit his arm without him actually moving it towards the ball. So in my head, it, it, that shouldn't be a penalty, but I totally agree with you. I think they are given as a penalty nowadays, even though they change the handball rule every single season. So yeah. no one knows whether they're coming or going. What mm. what should be a penalty? Because remember, two seasons ago, everything was given, given as a penalty. It was just ridiculous. There's penalties for handball in every, every single game. But, um, yeah, I don't think it should be a penalty, but I know that it, you know, that because of the way I think the rule should be deemed. But I think we did get away with one. I think it's, you know, it, and I totally agree. You have to use the rule of, if that was at the other end, how would I feel? And oh, you'd I have 60,000 people be, going ape. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think we did get away with one. But it's about time. It's about bloody time. We did get a couple of good calls. Um, there's a couple of other situations where I think we could have had a penalty, another penalty ourselves, you know, in, in situations mm. like that. But I mean, 
we were lucky on that occasion. I do think. I do think so. Um, regarding, let's move a quick word about the penalty we got. That was a really soft penalty as well. I mean, there's no getting away from it. But like Roy Keane just said, when you swing your leg in the um, just before this game was on tonight, when you swing your leg like um, Thiago did, like that, and you make contact, then you are opening yourself up to be to, to give a penalty away. So there's a bit of stupidity there. Yes, it was soft, but he kicked the back of his heel. Plus, I don't know whether you guys ever play football and you get kicked in the back of the heel pretty, really hard. It fucking hurts. You it know actually about really it. does hurt. It really hurts. Yep. So, I mean, I don't think... Get, I mean, Jesus maybe put a bit too much on it, you know, to make sure he got noticed and got a penalty. But I bet he was in pain. <laughs> you know, that, that does not go on, you know, uh, without pain, that sort of situation. So, I think it was a bit soft. But I do think it was a penalty at the end of the day. It's one of the oldest cliches in football. But if that happens anywhere else on the pitch, it's a foul. So just because it's in the box, I don't think somehow it should enter a new category of, well, was there enough contact for the player to go down? As you say, if you're swinging your leg recklessly, trying to win the ball in that situation, similar in some respects to Gabriel last weekend. You know, yeah. You, you, you're yeah. making that challenge that you really don't need to make. You can't defend the indefensible. If you're going to put your foot out there and not make contact with the ball, then you know it's a penalty, and it's it's a bit rich of Liverpool fans as well. After the you know three, four, five seasons that they've had with a number of their yeah, players exactly. talking about soft penalties, it's, it's very rich. Yeah, exactly. And if, I'll tell you what: if that if he swung, and if he'd hit him slightly higher up in the leg. Around his shin, his calf, or whatever. I think more people would have certainly, yeah, that's a pen. I think it's because it hit his foot on the back of his foot, it didn't look so bad to optics. I think yeah. the optics of it. Uh, I genuinely yeah. think that. I think if he just swung and kicked his shin or the, you know, the side of his leg, it would have looked a lot worse than it did. But yeah. like I said, it, it's, I've had it happen to me several times. It bloody hurts that's when you get kicked on the heel. Let's not forget what his shoes. He'll be used as an absolute battering man, but like a great left back yesterday as well. Getting smashed yeah. in the face, deliberately, by the way. Nothing, getting, as I say, getting absolutely battered by this kid. And the kid's getting away with it constantly. So, so again, I think that's in the referee's mind. Like he's let so much go. Like you say, he's, as well, Thiago, like it or not, he, through his feet, in an air, in the penalty box, we didn't need to. Mm. He hit the back of um, uh, Zayzus's calf, leg, whatever you call it. And at the end of the day, it, by the rules, it's a it's soft, but it's Oof. a penalty. Oh my god, what a goal! Yeah, it's one one now between uh, Forest and Villa. Ashley Young, Ashley Young, bloody hell, of all people, turning yeah. back the years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hope a bird gets in his mouth. <laughs> but no, um, I'm not. Re- I, I wasn't really. Again, I, it was a pen for me. That pen, that our pen, was a pen. They should have had been. They should have been. Uh, it got to a point. They should have been down at ten men as well in that game. With uh, to, well, he's I can't pronounce his fucking name. The Greek lad, Simikas. That's it. If, if he, if the amount of challenge, the amount of times he was throwing either Zayzus or Saka or Martinelli over, all over the fucking pitch like a ragdoll. I mean, where, where, where do you stand on the elbow? 
I mean, it's a red card, isn't it? All yeah. that he's, he's endangering yeah. another player's safety. Yeah, and if you watch the replay, he, it's just like, as Andrew just said, he does it on purpose. He literally looks and goes, There's a glance in there. Yeah. Yeah. And how VAR looked at him went, Nah, that's okay. And, look, and looking at the plate, the fact that from that moment, the, the contact of the elbow to the face, and the fact that Zayzus didn't get straight back up, he needed help to get back up. And thankfully, he wasn't serious enough for him to be have to go off concussed. Because hmm. obviously, uh, Gary O'Driscoll, our physio, went on and said he was just about hmm. okay to come back on. I don't think he should have come back on. Uh, he was knocked out. Um, yeah. I had this discussion with somebody at work today who's a big yeah. rugby fan, and he said... It, you know, absolutely as ridiculous, much, mate. As much as you want him back on the pitch, you have to look at the players' safety, and the players always going to want to play. Well, of course, they it? are. But Gary O'Driscoll as well, the, the team physio, the team doctor, sorry. Yeah, he, but he, and I'm sorry, but he should be someone independent. Well, I'm saying he comes from a rugby background as well. In terms of, he should be someone independent. He cannot let the player will be screaming to to stay on. The I don't think he should, but you know, he'll be speaking to the boss on his. On his iPad, or iPod, uh, AirPods, whatever. I don't think he should come back on, but he's, he's saying he's fine, and the manager will be, don't want to lose him off the pitch. Obviously, our main talisman, but you've got to take it out of everyone's hands in those situations. He was out, and if he'd have had another knock on his head, that it could have been pretty catastrophic. Yeah. So um, I just think it was really reckless, to be honest with you. We, we all wanted him to stay on the pitch. Let's face it, but. When you realised how, I mean, they weren't even showing the replays for once no. for quite a long time, were they? I mean, the reason I bring that up is because I've, all I've seen all day from Liverpool fans online is how is this not a red card in terms of Martinelli crossing the ball in? No. I took the photo as well. They stopped, pulled the video, screenshotted it, did the rest about of it, and put it online. I'm like. Spurs top, fans, top fans as well. Yep. Spurs fans yeah. as well. Spurs fans do it. But I'm like, hang on. Even talk, even talk fucking shite of doing it. It's pissing me off. To the point where I went, okay, they're going in the game. This happens. I'm talking about the elbow thing, the elbow to Jesus. Or is it because it was basically talk shite and all that. They're going, is this a red card? If 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 you believe so, get in contact and all that. I think got Liverpool fans and Tottenham fans giving it large as well. Like, how is that a red card? How is that not a red card? A, it's a fucking cross, and it's a, it's literally a coming together between the two players in the aftermath of the ball being crossed in by Martinelli. It wasn't malicious. It was. There was no intent. It was completely coming together, accidental. No malice whatsoever. You cannot say that's a red card. And then you, as I said, I then came across the video of Martinelli gets um, Zayju's getting smacked in the head the way he did. And I went to, I put, I added talk shot in it. I went, are you going to bring this up then for a red card? Or is it just because it's an Arsenal player getting hurt that you're not going to touch on? Because if it's an Arsenal player that causes a potential offence, you'll bring it up. And I'm, I'm just sick of the, the BS that we seem to get, no matter what we're doing. We're top of the fucking league. And because, because we are top and doing well this season so far, it's like the media and all that. They need to find something else. To, they need to find something else to poke us with to get a reaction. I, th I think it just speaks volumes about us and how successful we are that people just don't like our Arsenal being <laughs> near the top. 
I'm not, I'm not going to say back, back, you know, Arsenal are back. I hate that expression, but no. um, I think it just speaks volumes that, that the media, whether it's a hangover from the Wenger day, I, I don't know what it is, but it does seem as though they praise other teams uh, and yet Arsenal are that team that, you know, the moment there's any type of success or things are going well, that they look for that negativity. Were you were you there yesterday, or were you watching me on telly? Like, like me? I was on TV watching via TV. Did, I mean, the, the commentary. I mean, what were your thoughts on the commentary? Because I, I swear to God, one of these days I'm going to launch my remote control yeah. into the TV. Because as soon as they, as soon as the match finished, it was like all about Liverpool. Yeah. Nothing about no no prey. I mean, there was so you could hear in the the tone of their voices throughout the game as well. The disappointment. Disappointed they were. That they weren't Liverpool weren't winning, yeah. driving me mental, mate. Honestly, I put something on Twitter about it straight away. Men, oh, I can't stand it. Sky, yes, go back, go back to commentators in a sec because I want to, I want to get a petition going for Peter Joy to come to Sky because he's fantastic. Yeah, he's brilliant. Again, yeah, we need we need to get a petition going and get him Mark over back Tyler, over he's here. So he's so 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 past it. It's unbelievable. But. It, well, again, there's videos going about Peter Joy because he was in the commentary for him, but see with Graham Lasseau. And he's just, every 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 game we've seen this season, home or away, he does commentary for Arsenal. And I was like, but in general, no, he's a professional. He doesn't get, he doesn't let biasy or anything get in his way of it, his job. And he just speaks so passionately about the game. And he, he, you can feel that in, he, in his words and he's, how he talks about it. He's describing the game to you. Where's Martin Tyler? Says Martin Tyler, who talks about fucking everyone being fantastic compared to Arsenal. Arsenal oh, is just doing It's just fucking so negative. I'm just fucking sick of it. I mean, Gary Neville, Mr. Manchester United, as well. By the way, going back to the um, the penalty situation, he said he, like we said it's, it was a soft pen, but for him to say that's a soft pen himself, and I'm thinking you're the guy along with your brother and others that are to this day. Boasted about kicking a, now a deceased man off the pitch back in 2005 up in the air and boasting about it to this day. But that's but that's yeah. so that was like, that's okay compared and you compare the changes you did on that day, by the way, compared to that, and you're going, Oh, that's soft, isn't it? Like, he used away. to be I'm, a I'm decent pundit, he's just completely lost it now. He's become a parody of himself. Yeah, Jamie yeah. Carragher, I think, is Jamie Carragher. I think he's got better and better. I think he's actually really good. His uh, analysis got put on him after what he did a couple of years ago with the uh, Spitgate incident. Yeah, exactly. But, oh. but it, uh, you have to ha take your hat off to him with his analysis. I think it's absolutely quality. I mean, I was yeah, watching he... Monday Night so... Football a bit before I was waiting to come on here, and he he, he was doing the Arsenal game yesterday. And Mm. He's really, really complimentary about Arsenal, and it's not just that, but I think his, his analysis is absolutely spot on. Whereas, and I think, and I think I whereas Gary Neville, he's just gone rapidly downhill. He's just absolutely oh, yeah. fast. He doesn't. He's a, he's a fast now. Yeah, he doesn't hide his main United bias either. When it comes, <laughs> he, when he comes to his old like, the rivalries he had as a player, he doesn't hide it. So Arsenal doing well and his team doing shit doesn't doesn't go well for him. And he's like, I've got to have a go at Arsenal somewhere. But what really pissed me off yesterday in Sky, John Barnes, being the guest yeah. pundit on the day, and at the oh, end, and they're talking about challenging for the, uh, Arsenal challenging for the title, he's there, you could see his face, he's like, no, 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 you cannot say that, you cannot say that, no, 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 top four, that's it. And I'm like, 
how biased can you be? Yes, we've just beat the team. Yes, you're a bit butt hurt because of that. But you can't, you cannot say at this moment in time we are not in a in that discussion for the title because we are top of the league. We are the, we're the only team that the, we are the only team that looks to be pushing City for this title. Tottenham will, Tottenham will do Tottenham. So as I say, it's just be even, City. Even Roy Keane was uh, was said that before this game tonight on Monday Night Football. Yeah, he said it, he said yeah. Of course, Arsenal are the only challenges for Man City at the moment. You know, someone else may come out of the pack, but at the moment, as it stands, yeah, it's Arsenal and City. And it goes back uh, to what I, I mean, said. Notice it. Yeah, it just goes back to what I said before. And most of this, most of the media and the pundits the, of the ex, of the clubs that like the, uh, Danny Mills, or we all know he's but uh, Danny uh, Danny Murphy, Jermaine Genus, all these players that played against Arsenal when, in their peaks of their careers, and when, when Arsenal were at their peak. And bullying them week in week out, they're that but heard Arsenal are now doing well. There's a lot of resentment. There's a lot yeah, of the resentment. Feel the resentment and the hatred, and it's just like, are mm. you are you that are you that bitter? Basically, you can't just hold your hands up and be a professional and say, you know what, Arsenal are at a point at that moment are at a point at the moment where they deserve to be where they are. They're on merit. And what a fantastic job Arteta and the rest of that club have done to get us to this point compared to where we were when he walked through the doors and after you and me. I don't know how why you give talk shite the time. I mean, I'd literally rather go and pick up all everyone else's dog shit. Laura Wood, that's it. It's just that. Laura, to be honest, it's just Laura Woods, I'm being honest. She's a gooner, yeah. so I've got to keep an eye out for her. <laughs> yeah, but... I stopped, stopped listening to that about six or seven years ago, I think it was. I just couldn't take it anymore. One day I thought, what? Why am I listening to this shit? It's, it's the most anti-biased <laughs> Arsenal thing you can ever come across, and every pundit they've got is shite. I mean, but yeah, someone uh, Nemeth said in the chat there, Micah Richards, he's a fantastic oh, yeah. pundit. I love him. Very, he's, been very good. he's been a fantastic pundit since the day he walked into the job. He's, he's, he's never yeah. shown a bias towards anyone, even though he's a bit, even though man, even though he obviously he's a Man City player, feels he sees himself as a legend and all that, and because of. It was a part of the part of that time where things are switched around City to go to where they are now. He'll be if they're playing crap, he'll be brutally honest. He won't hide behind the sit on the fence or nothing. He'll be brutally honest. If Nasser at the moment are doing well, so he is being he's being brutally honest. He's saying no, he's been he's been good. He's been he's one of them ones that have been honest from day one about us. But his other yeah, yeah. so so he, he made that bad. comment, didn't he, about how um yeah when it's Arsenal and he, he really went to town on a couple of other I can't remember the the, the setup that he was with um, it was after the North London Derby got postponed last season the away one that's right yeah and, and he just sort of said it does always seem to be Arsenal doesn't it Cause, yeah because Gary Neville and Jamie Carroll had a kickoff because obviously they weren't, gonna, they, they weren't getting their payday that they weren't going to get paid because obviously that game got called off at the last minute when it did they were they had a massive bitch fit because it was Arsenal doing it everyone else was doing it at the time before us but as soon as we do it and he just got to the next, and it was the next week, and obviously it's the next weekend, the match day weekend. And he just said, "I don't." He just said, "I don't get why Arsenal get this this special treatment." Where it's, when I say when he says when I say special treatment, where they do something, it's blown up out of proportion, and they're attacked yeah. left, right, centre. Yeah, Anyone exactly. Else that, yeah, that's right. Remember now, yeah, the, when we when we had that's the game. That's why I like Mikovic because he's he just he says it how it is. He's, he's he doesn't hide. He doesn't have any bias. He doesn't. 
He was been sure. right from right from the early yeah. days. He's been very complimentary about what Mark Mikel um, uh, Arteta has been doing at the club as well. Yeah, exactly. and I think yeah. over and above anyone else, all of his colleagues, he's um, yeah. pipping us for for top four. No, yeah, no so no, he's yeah, he's, no, exactly. he, he just sees it, says it as he sees it, doesn't he? He's, he's not got any airs or graces around no agenda you know, with him, certain clubs. He's just, he's just, as you say, he's no, no agenda. It's just he sees it. He says it as he sees it. And he yeah. does. He, he rubs off the he rubs off the likes of Gary Neville and uh, Carragher when they're when they're on the side of each other. Rubs them off the wrong way. But I don't give a shit. I'd rather have someone like Mickey Richards who's on actually saying how, saying how it is about any and everything. Basically, just being we're talking like a football fan, not just being. I mean, Graham's seen this today as well, complaining about the penalty and their their one that, that wasn't given. Oh, surprise, surprise, the ex-Liverpool man get upset that his Liverpool team's playing bad at the moment and taking it out on Arsenal. Oh, some shock over there. It's, it just does my head in. Can people just, in the media, stop complaining, put your agendas to one side for a brief moment and look at what what's happening at Arsenal and actually give us some fucking praise. And don't dictate to us, the fans and the club, respectively, how we celebrate our wins, no matter who we play. We will celebrate how we want to celebrate. If you don't like that, switch the TV off and shut up. Don't, don't say anything. Exactly. If you say anything, I'm going to come yeah. at you. Couldn't agree more. Oh, dear. <coughs> um, <laughs> ran over. <laughs> Oh dear! We've hardly spoken about the actual game, have we? <laughs> yeah, Pits and, and bobs—the main, the main topics so far. Um, Saka, we'll get on to Saka in a second. But dear, uh, um, Colonel's in the chat says, "If Diaz never got injured, would we have won?" I think we still would have won. It's just been more difficult than what it became see, in the end. I love that bit where um, Martinelli completely burned Diaz in a race. They literally just set off, didn't they? Yeah, on hundred meters race right. towards the ball, and that's what that's what put Pedro Diaz, Diaz really. He got injured there. Diaz, Diaz got a head start on that as well. In fact, he might have yeah, caught, I know. Saliba, Saliba had a foot race and caught up and paced him as well. Honestly, I, I, I'm not going to be um, stupid about it. Diaz is a good talent. He's a good talent, and but I, I honestly think again, talking about the media, they have overhyped mm. this kid massively. And when you when you look at the youngsters we've got, obviously such as Martinelli, I would never sort of never swap even consider swapping anyone for um, for, for the players that we've got. I mean, Martinelli for me is just I, I, I'm, that's some, I'm not just being biased, am I? He's levels above Diaz from, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. But Diaz, is a good I'm not slacking Diaz at all. He's a good player, and you know. They've done well to get him, but he is not as good quality as Martinelli, as far as I'm concerned. Does Martinelli get any of the press that Diaz gets? Honestly, they yeah. they as soon as he touches the ball, it's like, oh god, you know, he's such a good player. They literally go on and on and on about him ever since he's joined joined Liverpool. But yeah, I I um I don't think it would have changed anything if he'd have stayed on the pitch. To be honest, I think he um, we would have still won the game. Um, yeah, no, no, that, that's what I'm saying. I think we would have won the game. It just it would have been had an extra player for X amount, say another half an hour or so. But we would still want, it still would have gone on, gone on one. 
in my yeah, opinion. So. Add on to that, I mean, Saka, I mean, again, gets the second goal for us, gets the winning goal. And like we say about the media, not because he's playing for Arsenal, he ain't getting the attention he does. If he was playing for anyone else, he's got the performances he has been since he broke through. He'll be getting raved left, right, and centre. Well, there's still people that put him alongside Sancho, who starts for England. I mean, it's just a ridiculous mm. conversation to be had. He, he's levels above anything else that England have got, yeah. and yet he still gets sort of uh, bracketed with, yeah. with, with these other average players. I mean, what he's done this season, what he did, he, he, he's just constantly improving. I mean, it's scary to think how good he'll be when he peaks. You know, he's still a young lad. He's still growing. Still learning the game. It's uh, it's, it's frightening how good he is and how you know from such a short space of time from when he first burst onto the scene with Arsenal, how important he is to to what we do. He's a phenomenal player, and I, like you say, I don't think he gets the the praise that he, he's you know owed. Really, you know, he's been through a lot as well. Let's not forget the fact that you know during the Euros, you know, he, he would have been at rock bottom. But for him to have bounced back out of all of the players, you know, he's bounced back. He missed that penalty. You know, he steps up yesterday. I mean, I, I can only imagine um, the pressure that he was under. But you would yeah. never have known. He, he slotted that penalty away. That absolutely fantastic. Just, just a great player. Exactly. And yeah. it was, again, I think Connor mentioned it in the chat in the live stream yesterday as well. Um, in terms of Saka, what? What a turnaround in a short period as well. Just over a year now it's been. But at the time when it's when this when this sort of thing started in terms of him taking penalties for Arsenal, being our penalty taker basically to come um back at Chelsea last season. When you think the first his first ever penalty as a professional was that final and obviously what happened and then the abuse he got and I mean the the mental Fatigue that would have taken out of him, not just because of the abuse he got, but being so young and not maybe having the at that moment in time the support of it, the, the networks around him on the pitch, as in the manager, because the manager of Southgate, what Southgate is, for him to turn not just not say turn his life, turn his life, and he didn't have to. It was to take that on the chin, like like the others, take that on the chin. At 19, take all that thing, take it on the chin and use that and make yourself a even and go out your way to prove people wrong even more. All them idiots that are out there go up, oh, you keep saying what you got to say because I'm going to stick it to you and this is how I'm going to do it on the pitch. And then from literally, as I say, Chelsea away last season onwards, to take that penalty in that moment as well at 3 2. I know it's near the end of the game as well at the time. And then stick it away. And ever since then, whenever we get a penalty, he wants to take it. To have that, to have that mental ability to take a moment that must have been so raw and painful for him in so many ways, not just because of the abuse he was getting from idiots online, and turn it into a positive now, and use it as a way to be better. You got again for for a kid that's what was not, not at nineteen at the time. Now twenty one, twenty one. This kid, and as I say, you've got to give him massive plaudits and um, plaudits not just to him, but also to the lots of Arteta, his family, everyone around him that's got behind him from that moment, 
and shown them there's a pool that he would have needed to get to that point. Because what is it in the? I watched the Amazon documentary. You know, talking about um, Saka and basically other media. And I mentioned how the English media love to build someone up and then just chuck them to the floor and rip and tear, just tear, tear them to pieces at one, in, one, in one moment. And I think that him knowing, obviously, Arteta with that knowledge, with everything that then went on before, before I, uh, back in the summer, that season, before that season started, clearly got the right team behind Art Saka and helped him and got him through that tough period. And Again, for a time, again, I can't, I can't, I can't say it. For a, kid, for a kid, he said a kid who carried this team for the first two, three years of his career. He's now got a bit of pressure taken off him because we've got fantastic players around him now. And he's still the talk of our team in terms of he's come from our academy, he's the star boy. And, that, and I think that really irks. We've seen it as certain rival fans on other channels. It really irks them that we call our player like, like a star boy. Oh, he's not a star boy. Da, 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 over, Arsenal overrating him. Oh, you've got. We see him week in, week out, be it in the stadium or on the TV. We see it week in, week out what he is. And the sooner rivals, rivalry, rival fans, need to put the rivalry aside for a second and watch him. Just watch him and see what he's all about. And you understand what, for him to come through what he came through to get to this point. You can't, you can't fault it, and yeah, I mean, what have you, you think to add to that, Andrew? In terms of what that penalty, as you said, the pressure he must have been under, slotted it away perfectly, like you said. But it seems just, that it all goes back to that moment back in uh, last uh, summer last year. That everything goes back to that moment, and he's, he's harnessed that with, with the right people around him, and you turned it into a positive. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the, the penalties he scored since. They've always been, they've all been against big it's clubs, haven't they? I think Chelsea. Um, Chelsea. Is it Man United? United? Chelsea United back to back. Yeah. Then one small game against Tottenham, and then yesterday. Exactly. So Chelsea, <laughs> Man United, Tottenham, and che- and uh, Liverpool. He scored. When do, when is when's the right time to forget what he did for England? You know, in the that last game. I mean. Mm. Is he not due to a bit, a bit of respite now from that being reminded of it consistently? His mentality is elite. He's got yeah, an elite my, mentality on the pitch. Yeah, exactly. and, that's, and, and that's my point. That he, that he, that that moment, that painful moment he, he was going through, him and, I've, and the team around him used that as a positive and turned it into a positive now. But as you say, why can't people just let that go? And just get exactly. appreciate, I mean, appreciate the talent we've got as a country. Yeah, I mean, England fans and you know people like that, weirdos. Um, Under <laughs> <laughs> Southgate, no, I mean, uh, it's always going to be remembered for the rest of his life. You can't get away from that because it was a massive moment in international football for England. Um, the final kick, literally, of the Euros when in the final and. Will we ever get that far ever again? I don't know in any kind of competition. Um, we may do, but mm. maybe another long, long wait. So it's always going to be remembered. But especially us as Arsenal fans, I mean, I think we've moved on from that 
doing I mean I've never really thought about it much. I just mm. I just think goals away and, and scoring the penalties that he's had since. But what is easily apparent is that, like I just said a couple of minutes ago, he's he's got an elite mentality, that kid. You cannot underestimate yeah. the weight that he had holding on to the ball. Having other you know, Liverpool players come into his face, I think Virgil van Dijk at one point That's was right. giving him the He tried to um, grab the ball off him, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And to, to just brush that off, it, it's just amazing. You know, you can't say high, praise him highly enough for that sort of side of his game. And I think I heard on the podcast this morning, he's got seven goal involvement says he's got three goals and four assists in 11 yeah. games ain't yeah. too shabby when he's apparently he's really under par is it that's right what's going to yeah, happen when he's so. actually par what's going to happen when he's par and exceeding par you know under par so yeah you got. I mean you can't praise the kid high enough honestly he's just outstanding alongside a lot of our other players and the, the forgotten man almost which is I feel sorry for and we had this conversation a week or two ago, Ryan, is um, Emile Smith-Rowe. Yeah. And I genuinely, genuinely, but stand by what I said before, that he could be our secret weapon in the second half of this season. Mm. A really fit, pumped up, motivated Smith-Rowe, um, when he comes back into the team, could literally be our secret weapon come the, the new year. Look what happened when he came in the beginning of last summer. Uh, last season, hit sorry. Ground running, didn't he? I mean, my word, 11 goals was it, I think. And mm. if he comes in and does something similar after Christmas, when everyone else may be flagging, uh, he could be outstanding. So the, the young players we've got, um, I couldn't, I would not swap them for any other players in the world. You know, I just love, I love them. And uh, that same could be said for pretty much the whole team you know, at the moment. Yeah. Right the way through to the you know the fringe players like like we said yesterday earlier Rob Holding on the side of the pitch yeah. pumping you know his fists and, and getting everyone fired up from us it's just fantastic to see so yeah it's just wonderful yeah. but regarding I mean, Saka I, mean, I said it I, I do think he's getting back to his best now Saka I really do yeah and Russ said in the chat as well uh, he says I think Vieira will have a big second after the season as well yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he can't, he's quality can't, quality can't, what we're saying. can't dispute that either. He does no. also in the chat as well. Go on, sorry, go on, get calm. No, no, I was just about to say, with, with Vieira, you almost, not that you forget about him, but because of how well Odegaard's playing and, and uh, you know, the other creative players, you sort of, you have to pinch yourself to think we've got another superstar talent on the bench mm. in Vieira. Mm. You, you know, going back to the, the squad depth, you know, almost unheard of certainly in the mm. last decade, that we could look to the bench and see that array of talent, you know, like-for-like like players, players that are genuinely pushing other players to become better. Now, I don't think there's one player on that pitch that truly believes that they're a dead cert every game. You know, yes, you know, Arteta's gone with a, you know, similar lineups because of how successful it's been, but I don't think anybody's sitting there thinking, I can just be a passenger. You know, everyone's pushing everyone, and anyone that comes in, He's saying, I want a bit of this. You know, no one's coming in, you know, not, not really performing. Everybody's performing. It's, it's just great to see. So definitely Vieira, I think, has got a big part to play, not just in the second part of the season. I think just this season alone, I think he's already shown that he's he's capable in this country. Mm. He doesn't look out of place. I think there was question marks over, you know, 
it might be a little bit lightweight. I'm not seeing that. I, I think he's, he's come yeah. in and done, done what he's needed to, to do at this stage. Yeah, I don't subscribe to that worry about his his body type. You know, I won't go all again. I've said it before, but I just think he's a robust player. I think he's always, you know, he'll just get himself up and dust himself off. He's been like that all his life, I'm sure. Yeah. So I've got no issues with that at all. No issues with his size. I just think he's a, I think he's a tough cookie. Most definitely. Yeah. Uh, Russ is saying also in the chat, uh, I have concerns about Gabriel Marguez. I don't think he is maintaining concentration levels during matches. Which, but was, it's, the thing is, whilst we're winning, why, until it starts costing us wins, basically, if, losing, if it starts, it starts costing us in terms of we start losing, that's when I think we might see a change in Gabriel. Maybe in terms of let's take him out of the squad, take the pressure off him a bit, move Ben White over, Tommy Asu, if we've got, if we can, things like that. But whilst we're winning, I don't see Arteta changing that. And I think that again, that's another reason why we're seeing Gabriel play midweek in terms of the Europa League because because of out of the two out of the two main centre backs at the moment this season in terms of him and Saliba, Saliba's as we say, we've been saying every week, he's above and beyond and doesn't he, he doesn't need to play into form, basically. He doesn't need to worry about certain, iron certain things out of his game as of yet, touch wood. Whereas Gabriel, as you say, about concentration, little mistakes here and there. He needs to get, he needs to play them out of his, out of the way. And I think what I his mindset is him playing in Europa League, I hopefully that, that extra game or so will hopefully knock that out of knock their mistakes and, that, and get him as you say as the comment says co- his concentration level to a high where him and Saliba are in sync because as it stands Saliba Saliba's concentration we we got no doubt about Saliba in terms of his concentration levels he is on it from the get go he's always covering not just Gabriel and others if they get caught as well so imagine if Gabriel can actually catch up with him in terms of concentration levels and how solid will we would then be as a as a back four? But I say I don't I don't know about you guys. I don't see him. I don't see Arteta just pulling him out the squad, at, not out of the squad at the eleven, whilst we're winning, because he doesn't want to accept the harmony within the team. You go, Greg. I was going to. Well, it just goes back to you. You don't change a winning team, do you? And mm. uh, I, I think part of. Gabriel's game will be that he has a mistake in him. Um, fortunately, at the moment, we, we, you know we're, we're able to you know overcome them. Whether it's giving away a penalty, etc. I mean, the touch yesterday, um, he has to try and attempt to play that ball. He has to try and get something on it. It's unfortunate that the ball obviously goes through and Liverpool go in and score. But I think on the flip side, what he brings to the team far outweighs that sort of moment of madness, if you like, or that lack of concentration. I think he's such a physical presence. Um, I think he really complements Saliba. Um, you know, very good in the air, strong, athletic, you know, loves playing for Arsenal as well. I think that's clear yeah. to see, you know, his relationship with the fans is amazing. I think in the first half, he was trying to pump up the fans and they all reacted to it, you know, so he's yeah. he's an Arsenal man already. Um, I, I think he's a, a great player. Um like some of yeah, our yeah. best centre halves, I, I think 
you know, that they've always had that 89 minutes worth of concentration and that one minute where they can switch off. Um, and it's unfortunate, if, you know, if that's a midfielder or an attacker and they don't trap the ball, they don't control the ball, it doesn't really get looked at. But because it's a centre-half, much like a goalkeeper, that one mistake often leads to a goal. I think that's just going to be part of his game. But I definitely think what he brings to the team far outweighs the uh, the odd mistake. 100%. And I dread to think what careers... Tony Adams and Martin Keown would have had if Twitter and <laughs> social media and podcasts had been around back in that day. You know it. The amount, of, mis- it. The amount of mistakes I used to see them make all the time, it was ridiculous. You know, especially when Tony Adams came through to the team to start off with. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had the nickname the donkey, didn't he? And yeah. Yeah, because he kept making mistake after mistake at some point. But he is re- well-renowned as being our greatest defender of all time. Mm. Um, he would have just been constantly criticised non-stop. This kid, you've got to give... You know, I totally agree with everything you just said, Greg. It's really nice to hear because I, I just think that he's just so much under the microscope. And why can't we support every player in the team equally? Why can't... Why is Gabriel getting treated so much more harshly as William Saliba when William Saliba is also making mistakes in each game yeah. that he's playing so far? Yep. Why? Uh, why does that happen? Why can't we be equally supportive to all of our players? Why do we have to have a favourite and the other play and the other ones are all competing against each other? To you know, I just don't get it. You know, support them. You got to remember how young Gabriel is as well. You know, he's yeah. still a exactly. young he's lad. Not... He's learning his trade. For a central defender, he's very, very young. Very young. Yep. And he's young. He's yeah. raw, but he's going to get better. I, you know, I was saying about Tony Adams and Martin Keown. I think they are a very, very similar partnership, Saliba and and uh, Gabriel. Gabriel is like the Martin Keown. I heard Martin Clive say say, it, and I, I thought, yeah, you you bang on there. Martin Keown made he, he was like a real, um, you know, obviously he was just called obviously called the Rash, wasn't he? Like his, his nickname. He was all over the place. He was regressive, you know. He had he was really um, uh, you know high on his. Uh, I can't think of the bloody word. Um, yeah, he let his emotions emotional. He was a yep. very emotional player. That's the word I was trying to come. Wore his heart on his sleeve, didn't he? Put everything. Yeah, he let things affect him. Yes, he let yep. things affect him during games. Gabriel, I think, is very very similar. Whereas Tony Adams was a lot more. In lots of cases, more like William Saliba. I think he was a bit more fiery than William Saliba, but that it was. Oh, I said, this, yeah, yeah. It's, again, like I said a couple of weeks ago, good cop, bad cop type of thing. One yeah. of them can't. Yeah, it's a very good partnership. <laughs> so I, I think that they are they complement each other brilliantly, and I just think we need to give it, give him some slack. He is still learning that his trade at his age, and he's performing against some excellent. Yeah, obviously, it's the biggest, best league in the world. Playing against the best team, Liverpool yesterday, best team in Europe, uh, you know, with top four. Top four best teams in Europe, possibly. Even maybe top three for what they did last season. Uh, Tottenham the week before, I mean, however much we hate him, they're still a you know, decent team managed by a good manager with crack, you know, it's amazing forward that he was coming up against. He had to go for that ball as well. You know, we said, you know, after the North London derby, if we, if he, if he hadn't made an effort to try and stop that 
strike by uh, Richarlison, everyone would have said, why did he not make an effort to stop that shot by Richarlison? He can't, couldn't win. You know, so um, I just think we need to back him. If, yeah, the, the mistakes he's making as well are not like Mustafi mistakes. They're not like no. some of the David Louise mistakes we've seen in the past. They are things that can be ironed out through time. Yes, he shouldn't, you know, the things like letting the ball bounce, blah, blah, blah. It, it happens from time to time. But the mistakes he's making are not being, no one's talking about all the amazing stuff that he's doing for 90% of the game, 95% of the game. You know, he's playing brilliantly most of the time. He's made one or two mistakes. If it gets worse and worse and worse, then obviously they would have to have another look at it, you know, in a while. We've got nothing to worry about because we've got some fantastic players that's come in and take his place, like Tommy Asu, for example. So we haven't got anything major to worry about at the moment. We're winning. They're creating a really good partnership. Just back him and and see where it takes us because I, I really rate him as well. I think he's a great player. He's much better than so many of the central defenders we've had in the past. Much oh, better. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. and just touch on Gabriel that the mistakes and all that. Fulham, I can't remember what day it was now. Match day, Fulham, 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 match day four. I think it was. Fulham at home this season makes a mistake. Not just the fans got behind them, but the team put their arm around them and said, Don't worry, we're going to get through this. Da, 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 da. He, goes, he goes, goes on to score the winning goal. And they all come over. Yeah, he's he's got great mentality. He doesn't let his head drop, does he? Once he does make a mistake, mm. he no, makes exactly. it right. Exactly, because again, that's again having the right, not just not just the players on the pitch at the time, but in terms of day to day training, you've got the right team around you, the right people around you to build that mentality in your head where you're safe. You make a mistake, don't worry, you dust yourself off and go again. Mm. Whereas too many years gone now, we've had, especially since the uh, the invincible season, the you know, 304 season, and that sort of that squad got dismantled over the next few years afterwards. Look at the sort of dross we had to put up with. Scalacci, Socrates, um, Mustafi, uh, Sendalos. You really Giroud. have to remind us. <laughs> but this is my point. We've had, we've gone through all that. We've got something to a point now where we've got not just a fantastic partnership in Saliba and Gabriel, but in general, we've got fantastic defenders. But because of one is that way in the other, so to speak, everyone sort of jumps on the other, even though the mistakes he is making aren't really that catastrophic because they're not really affecting us in terms of our result in the end. And as you say, they dust them, they, they, as they, they come together as a team, they dust themselves down and they go again. They, don't, they never give up. They never, they never say die attitude. And it's getting stronger and stronger game by game. The more we win, the stronger it's getting, but by the looks of it as well. So as it's still, a, it's still a young partnership in terms of them actually yeah. playing alongside each other as well. They've only, they've played, what, less than 15 games together? So they're still learning each other's game as much as anything else. 11, I think, yeah. That's what well, I mean, actually, yeah. No, it's it's less, less than that because they haven't played like the... Uh, European ties, uh, yeah. European played games together, yeah. yeah. European ties together either. And again, probably the youngest partnership out of the teams that are in Europe this season. And look how, look how we're doing so far compared mm. to others. 
I just really, I really, really wish people could just get behind all of our players. Yeah. And just cut out with this stupid playing one player off against each other. Like, you know, like at the beginning of the season, it was like the uh, Saliba versus Ben White debate and all this sort of stuff. Mm. Just, you know, it just ties me out sometimes. Just, Unfortunately, yeah, it's, it's the minority as opposed to the majority, isn't it? So yeah, it's you, you, you're, you're always going to get those individuals that are going to say things just for the likes, just for the clicks. I, I think yeah. real real fans are happy that we've like, touched on it already, that we've got this depth now that we, we, we never had. We never had that level of, of competition in our team. You'd have your, your first and second choice centre-halves and then the rest of the team... You sort of think, Jesus, if he comes in, we're in trouble this week. I, I, I don't feel that at the moment. No. And it's only going to get better. Like I said, with Smith Rowe coming back as well. Add him to the bench. I mean, it's yep. going to be even better you know, going forward. It's just phenomenal. And like I said, to, to, um, like I've said before, Greg, can you, can you ever even think that last season, if you thought uh, that this season, Tommy Asu and Tierney, we're going to be our reserve fullbacks. Not, not a chance. They were two of the first, two of the first names on the team sheet, weren't they, last season? Big time, yeah. big time. It's mad. Yep. It's mad how it's changed over one season. It's phenomenal. Really. It's not. It's not because they've dropped off. It, no, <laughs> at all. It's no. just that that competition for places is even just brilliant. Yeah. Even stronger now. Yeah. Oh dear, got the Arsenal miss to pick up to uh, Steve in the chat. How you doing? I hope you're keeping well, my friend. Um, yeah, before we go, we're going to touch on midweek. We've got we're away midweek to Bodo Glint. It is going to, it's going to be another win for us at midweek going into Leeds. And how do you see, how do you, how do you guys see Leeds going as well? Both away, by the way. It's going to be tough. Uh, they're always a tough team to play against. I don't. Not quite as sort of um, quick and and pressy as they were before uh, Leeds, but um, they are still they've still got some very good players. Got lots of pace in their side, so I've got to be careful. But I fully yeah. expect another three points. To be honest, I I you know anything can happen. You know, I, do you know what I think? The weird thing is, I've got a really weird feeling that Liverpool might turn over Man City this weekend. It's the sort of game that Liverpool might win. You can see him doing you know? it, can't you? You can see him yeah. doing it. Yeah, something has to give us at all. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past them at all. So um, I'm not banking on it, but I just got that weird feeling that it that it might be one of those weird things that might kickstart Liverpool again or something like that. But don't we play? I, before, I, I right? think we'll. Sorry, go. On. I was saying, I think we kick off before as well. I think, that, that, I think that's the main event on Sunday, isn't it? Or a four thirty yeah. kickoff in Liverpool v City. So yeah, we could potentially, obviously, we do our job on at two o'clock. Going going into that game, we could have a four point gap basically, and hoping and suddenly we're all Liverpool fans <laughs> for ninety minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're going to redouble their efforts again, aren't they, Liverpool? They've got to. Yeah. They've literally got to. In terms of the league, something has to give at some point. They can't keep going down this route of ha having eventual consequences to Klopp and anyone else at this club. Yeah, exactly. But I, I think it will be tough against Leeds. It, it always is. Uh, but I, I do think we're going to win. 
Um, I think I think you'd be disappointed coming away. Would be would be disappointing with the way that we're playing and the way that Leeds are playing as well. Um, yeah. That we would come away with anything but three points, and that's that's not an arrogance. I think if we're serious about you know challenging for the title, City don't fear going to Leeds, and I don't see why we should either. Um, no, but we but then you know Southampton go to City and get something like last season. Yes, or Crystal yeah. Palace go to City and get something. Like when we went to. Palace, Brighton and Southampton have lost three straight games last season on the back of a really good run previously. Mm. So anything can happen, can't it, in the Premier League? I'm just I'm not being cup half, half full, uh, sorry, half empty type of scenario, but uh, just saying, I don't think there's any, any pushovers really at the moment. You get, you get the old freak result. And I do, one thing is, I do expect us this season to turn over someone at least six. I reckon we're going to get a real thumping at one day where everything's going to come together. I think, I think, I think that'll be this weekend, though. I think I, I do expect us to win maybe two or three nil uh, fairly comfortably in the end, scoreline wise. I don't expect anything less than a win. And no. Bodo Glimt is going to be really, really tough. It's going to be a completely different situation to last week. Because I think the stadium capacity is 8,000 and it's a plastic pitch. And in the Arctic Circle, it's going to be a really (laughs) tough game. Luckily, I don't think it... If the worst case scenario scenario is and we even lost that game, I I don't want to even contemplate that because of the momentum and everything. But I, I, I still think we'll win the group, which is which is a plus point. Um, but uh, it's not going to be an easy game. And I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm not looking forward to that one. But the team, I mean, I'm obviously always looking forward to watching Arsenal. But the team are going to find it fairly tough, I think, in those conditions, in that stadium, on that plastic pitch. So fingers crossed for that. I just hope we don't get any injuries because plastic pitches are notoriously bad for. Twisting your yeah. knee, twisting your foot. Getting... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, that's all I hope for. We get through that game unscathed, really, that Thursday game. It's going to be a, not a nice one, to be honest, for the players. Yeah. I think we'll I think we're, you know, I think we'll just have enough to get out of that game with a three points as well, personally. It's yeah, just I just... think so. It was, uh, yeah, it's just, a, it's just a horrible scenario to have to do at this time. In this month, of this month of all months, with the amount of games we've got, to go in playing in those conditions, it's not pleasant, is it? Really, it it's, makes it's you more thankful that it got called off in the end. Again, I do expect a, a, probably a similar score, like, uh, maybe two-one, something like that. Maybe they'll get a goal. Oh, I, oh, I, I do expect just to win again, but it, it's just not a nice trip to have to make in those I conditions. I think 2 0 3 1 probably to ask either 2 0 or 3 1. I think it would be a two goal swing in it. I think, we'd, as I say, I think we'll just have enough, even though the pitch is what it is and all that, and they have their fans are behind them. I think we're, again, no matter what team, even the B team puts out, I think we, again, we just, we just have enough to get ourselves over that line without having to rely on, hopefully, he doesn't do what he did um, <laughs> last Thursday and rest certain players at the start and bring them on for no reason. If this were tuned in up or something like that, but um, no, I think as I say, I think it's be too. I think yeah, probably more likely two nil actually. I think the betting now actually, but um, Steve F is in the chat says three points at Leeds and Bolo going to be more difficult as we need to win that game too. I think yeah, I think I'll, 
it'll be more difficult in terms of, as I say, the pitch being the more the most difficult thing of it all because of you're adapting to something completely different that you're used to. But yeah, we, we again we should. I mean, Greg, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think Leeds won't be easy, but I, you know, fully expecting three points. I would be disappointed if we come away with with a point. Um, which again is something that in, in seasons gone by you probably wouldn't have looked at. You look at a, a tricky away game at Leeds with a hostile crowd. Um, you know, a, a point's not a bad result there, old, <coughs> old Arsenal. But certainly the way that we're playing this season, fully expect three points. The the midweek game, I would hope that he rests more players than what he did last Thursday. I must admit, I was a bit surprised mm. when the likes of Jesus and Saka come off the bench. I'm thinking if yeah. if one of these picks up an injury. How do you explain this one? Because there was really no need at that point. You know, if anything, you want to give the the players like Reese Nelson a run out uh, yeah. earlier than what he did. So, um, it'd be interesting to see who he takes over there. Because, um, like you say, the conditions, you know, the weather, the pitch, you know, all kind of go against you. Um, yeah. Should should both be wins. Should both be comfortable wins. Um, and then that set, sets us up nicely for the for the few games before obviously the uh the world cup yeah 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 definitely um i think we're, we're stop wrapping things up obviously thanks to andrew and greg coming along greg thanks again no thanks, thanks for having me guys it's yeah. been a it's been good fun yeah okay hope, you, hope you're on again soon mate most definitely most definitely yeah yeah definitely with your, with your hoodie and mug, obviously. I was just about to say I'll, I'll, I'll be sipping out the, <laughs> the sipping out the cup and uh, wearing the hoodie. Don't you worry. <laughs> it's coming to hoodie season, so yeah. Most definitely. Oh, dear. Definitely. De- Oops, assuming postal strikes don't screw things up, but yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, again, Andrew. Thanks. You got your podcast tomorrow, haven't you, Andrew? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So come over, everyone watching this. Please come over to my channel tomorrow, 7.30, from Dial Square to Wear for more of the same. We're going in-depth on the game and um, a lot of the individual players and their performances tomorrow. Really looking forward to that. So, yeah, come and join us at half past seven from Dial Square to Wear. Yep. And everyone else in the chat, thanks for popping along. Even the ones that pop, just popping in in the last twenty odd minutes, or just popping in now in terms of Gary, where have you been all night, Gary? What's going on? <laughs> Meant to be a mod. Um, oh dear, but yeah, thanks to everyone that's popped in and kept the chat going as well. Put your thoughts in the chat as well about, about the game and, and what we all the discussion points and all that. Um, in terms of this week as well, as I say, I'm on, I'm on um, Andrew's channel tomorrow. For his podcast, as I say, come and join us for that. And then, kind of think on Thursday, it's an early kickoff, isn't it? As well, Thursday, because it's away. So that's really fun organising. Yeah, so I'll be I'll be around for that one. And doing in terms of doing a watch along for that, I would then be doing probably a podcast on Friday in, in previewing for Leeds, and then match of the day on Saturday. Even though we're not playing, keeping an eye on our rivals and all that jazz. And then Sunday, the main event, two main events actually. You got the Arsenal v Leeds game. Then you got the Arsenal, the Arsenal women back, women back from international break against Reading. So yeah, I'll be doing two watch songs on Saturday, on Sunday. Sorry, I'll be busy, busy bee on Sunday. And then obviously come back on the following Monday for the podcast in reaction to Leeds. No matter what happens there, hopefully, um, 
Steve will be back as well next week. For his, I think he's on holiday, holiday this week, so hopefully he'll be back nice and refreshed and ready to go. In, nice and warm in his nice warm house as well, not in the not in the uh, the, the, the Hawaiian the garage. Hut. The shed. garage. <laughs> garage shed, <laughs> Melbourne dungeon, <laughs> partial. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, the audio for this is going to be up in the next 30 to 40 minutes, depending on how it takes to download. So if you want to listen to this back on Spotify or any any of the other audio platforms, keep an eye out for that in the next half hour. And yeah, if you're listening to it on Spotify as well, give us a rating out of five. It does help out get the podcast, the audio side of things, uh, notice a lot quicker as well and a lot more. I'd be massively appreciated. Um, if you're new to the channel, do subscribe, do smash that like button, and the link to memberships is in the description below. And I think it was Colonel who earlier put a link in the chat for the merchandise that we've mentioned already <coughs> for the channel. Um, but don't go, go and check that out as well. Anything you take your fancy to, feel free to um purchase and let us know how it comes across basically. Um, until then, guys, enjoy your rest of your evening, morning, night, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. And as always, up the Arsenal. Come on, you gunners. We are top leaks. And- <laughs>